I'm glad you're here today. If you haven't already, if you would grab your study guide out of your bulletin, feel free to grab a clipboard and a pen from the book rack and uh, let's get into our discussion this morning. It's good to see our youth department back. Uh, their youth retreat this past week, uh, heard some good things about it and glad you guys are back with us. We, uh, beginning this year off right, I, I began to think about what we were going to talk about this morning a couple of weeks ago, and uh, through the course of time, what was typical came up. Now, I'm always afraid of typical. When it comes to speaking, I don't want to be typical every week. I want to kind of think outside the box, do things that are a little bit different maybe than what we've done in the past. I don't want it to be routine. And yet, as that typical thought kept coming to mind, it really seemed that God continued to pull me in that direction for this week. And um, so as a result, uh, we are going to be dealing with resolutions today. Now, there's nothing wrong with resolutions. I know that uh, for some of us, we make them, some of us, we don't. But there's nothing wrong with res resolutions as long as our priorities are right. And as I thought about that more, I thought, you know what? In the past, we've always talked about resolutions in relationship to what do I need to do. But wouldn't it also be important for us as a church body, a family, to look at resolutions in relationship to what do we need to do? Okay, based upon where we are, based upon where we've been, what do we as a church need to do to move forward in 2019. What is it that we need to do to accomplish our goals, to glorify God more this year than we have in the past, to make Jesus Christ more known this year than we have in the past, and to be in the place of greatest service for God? What is it that we need to accomplish in order to be there? And as I thought about that, I came across three things that as I first looked at them, I thought, well, those are a little bit surface. I mean, honestly, I believe when I tell you these things, these three things, you're going to pause and you're going to say, well, you know, why would you make such a big deal out of those three? I mean, really, why would you, why would you bring that up as being so significant and so important when in reality, these are, these are kind of surface issues and... I'm just going to be honest with you, that was my thinking when I first looked at these things. And the, but the truth is, I, I tried to get away from it. I really did. I, I thought several times about how can I move away from those things to something a little, a little different. And God just kept bringing me right back to them. And so then as I studied them out, I finally realized, okay, I'm fighting a losing battle. Anytime we fight against God, we're fighting a losing battle, Right? And I found myself fighting against God over this discussion this morning. And so once I finally came to the realization, okay, I'm not going to win this war. If I'm going to do what he wants me to do, then I've got to use these three topics. So I began to study them out. And what I found over the course of the next three to five days as I was preparing a little more in depth for our discussion this morning was that these things aren't really surface at all. These things are actually vital for our existence. They're vital for us if we're going to accomplish our goals in 2019. And so with that in mind, I want to share these things with you. Number one, 
First thing on your handout sheet is that we really need to, to work on uh, and, and prepare our minds and prepare our hearts to, um, to be kind. To be kind. If I'm going to make a New Year's resolution, typically my resolution would not be, okay, I'm going to be kind this year. Because by nature, I'm generally a fairly kind person. I'm a people pleaser by nature. And, and so it's not going to be outside of my nature to do that. So therefore, I wouldn't necessarily think, okay, this is something I need to work on. This is something that I need to put forth. Now, some of you may totally disagree with the fact that I'm generally a kind person. But typically, I am. You can ask my wife. She's not here to back that up today. But if she were, she would be standing up saying, he is. He's one of the kindest. I, I'll just speak for her because I know exactly what she would be saying. Um, but it may surprise you to find that the Bible is very definite about this matter. There's no skirting the issue. God just gets right to the heart of the issue. And he says, this is what I expect out of you. I expect you to be a kind person. Listen to a couple of these verses. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 31 and 32. Paul says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you. Now, let's pause for just a second. We had not got to the good part yet. But why would Paul start the verse that way? Well, I think there's two reasons. Evidently, this was part of the lives of the people in this church. He's saying, he's not saying, now, if you ever feel like you need to do something like that, put it away. No, he's saying, get it out of your life. So in other words, people in the church, just like our church, Church of Ephesus, there were people there in the church who were slandering, who were bitter, who were hostile. And Paul is saying, don't be like that. Get that garbage out of your life. There's enough people like that in the world. Get rid of it. Be something different. Be unique. Be kind. In fact, that's what he says as we read the rest of the verse. He says, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. And Jesus says it a little differently. He says in Matthew 7, 12, So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Whatever you wish other people would do to you, you do that to them first. Not that you do it just so they'll do it back to you, but you do it because this is what God expects out of us as His children. He expects us to be kind to each other. Jesus also said in, in Luke chapter 10 and verse 27, You shall love the Lord. The two most important commandments, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. So here it is, laid out very clearly, and this is just a small sampling of what the Word of God says about being kind. We have a responsibility before God to rid ourselves of these things that cause so many problems anywhere they exist. 
And you say, okay, I, I see that. Scripture says it. And I understand that since God says it, then I have a responsibility to do it. But now really, why is that so important for us as we move into the future? Okay, I'm glad you asked that question. That's a brilliant question. And I've got a really good answer for you. I want you to think with me, okay? How many of you know someone, and I don't want you to name names, I don't want you to poke the person sitting beside you if it happens to apply to that person. Okay, don't do that. But I do want you to indicate it by lifting your hand in just a minute if, if it's real to you. How many of you know someone who seems to be ornery all the time? They're, they're angry. They're, 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 they're always uh, talking negative or always tearing somebody down. How many of you know somebody like that? Okay, so that's the vast majority of us. How many of you are that person? Oh, <laughs> one in the back. Okay, we got an honest person in the back. <laughs> now, you've got this picture in your mind of this person that is ornery all the time. Now, I want you to think that that person comes to you and says, you know, I want to share something with you. I want you to know how I have so much joy in my life. I want you to know why I find so much peace and love for everyone. What would you think? I'm not going to listen to you. Now, why in the world would I listen to you when I've never seen anything joyous come out of your life. I've never seen any peace. I've never seen any happiness. Why in the world would I want to listen to what you have to say? Now, would that be a legitimate response to that? Okay, so then what happens when we as a church have this bitterness and anger living inside of us and then we go out to present Jesus Christ to our community? What are they going to say? Why would I listen to you? You know, I hope that's not the reputation Miles Strait has. In fact, I pray that's not the reputation Miles Strait has. And I think as a whole, it's probably not. But I also believe in a group this size, there's probably those people that wouldn't have necessarily raised their hands to say it, but you represent that. And in fact, probably all of us do at some point or another. Uh, once again, just to be straight, just to be clear with you, just to be transparent. The time that I find myself most likely to be doing that is when I'm driving. I, honestly. I really have a hard time. I've really worked on that. I, I really have. I'm not just saying I've really worked on that. Because I've come to understand a little bit more each time I talk about it. That, hey, uh, you're representing Christ even to people you don't know. What kind of job are you doing? And to be honest with you, sometimes when I'm in the car, I'm not doing a very good job of that. And so God says, I want you to be kind. Because you've got to go here. You've got to focus of making Jesus Christ known and giving God glory. And you cannot accomplish that goal 
If you're that angry, bitter person that everybody's afraid to be around, can't do it. So I think as a church, we need to come to the place this year where, to where we resolve to be kind. But not only that, number two, and I think this kind of flows out of number one as, as we become kind-hearted people, as we, we, we make a resolution, God, this is what I want to be, will you help me? That naturally this other is going to flow out. Number two, your second fill-in, is that I need to make a resolution and I need to, I need to resolve to be thankful. To be thankful. Once again, it sounds a little surfacey. It sounds a little... Uh, maybe, maybe that it doesn't need to be spoken. Everybody knows that. And yet, are we really? And, and are we really thankful to the degree that the Word of God causes us to be thankful? Did you know that God's Word calls us to be thankful on a whole new level? A level like, like most of us would never equate with thankfulness. Listen to what Paul says, 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. He says, give thanks in all situations, all circumstances. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Two things jump out at me, all circumstances. The good, the bad, the ugly. The joyous times, the horrible times. That's number one, all circumstances. Number two, if you're wondering what the will of God is for your life, well, here's part of it. In everything you're facing and everything you're going through, God calls us to be thankful, grateful people. Isn't that amazing? Now, I believe that thankfulness and gratefulness comes comes as a means of lifestyle. Let me just say it that way. Because we have adapted ourselves to see God at work in everything that happens in life. It's not just that, well, God is at work in my life when everything's going well. But God is at work in my life when everything's not going well. Over the last year, 2018, there were some tremendous sorrows experienced in our church family. Some of you lost family members. Some of you lost relationships. Some of you, some of you had calls from the doctor that you hoped you would never hear. Some, some of you had financial downturns. And we have experienced some great sorrow in 2018. Did you know that God calls us to be thankful for those times too? And it's almost a bewildering thought. How does that happen? How does that happen? How, how can I possibly... Be thankful in what's taken place in my life. Now I can imagine that some of you are thinking that very thing right now. And let me tell you something. I get it. I get it. 
But here's the answer. As I come to realize that God is at work in my life, in the good and in the bad, and that God has promised that because I love Him, He's only going to do for me what is best for me. then I can accept the good and the bad from God. I can accept the joy and the sorrow from God with thankfulness because I know that God is up to something in my life. God is up to something. I don't see it. I don't understand it. And I don't necessarily even like it. But I trust God enough to know that He's doing something and therefore I can stop and say, God, thank you. I don't know why you're doing it. I don't know why you're allowing this to happen to me right now. But thank you for what you're doing in my life. Now amazingly, as we begin to think about the difficult times and Somehow finding means to say thank you God for the difficulties and the problems and the sorrows. In my way of thinking, it ought to be a much simpler process for us to be thankful when things are going well. Right? I mean really, if I'm able to be thankful in my darkest hour, then when things lighten up and they get much simpler, it ought to be easier for me to be thankful and yet that's not always the case. And I think it's not always the case because the mindset. We forget about needing God in the good times. That's one of the problems with our country right now. We've had many years of good times and we've just forgotten how desperately we need God. And so when we get in these good times, we have to be constantly reminded, you know what, I've got to be a grateful person. God, thank you. Because at any moment, God can snatch liberty right out from under our feet. And so we need to be grateful people. Now, on a much different note, let me tell you, as far as the church is concerned, that's what we're talking about here, making resolutions as a church. 2018 was a great year. 2018, for, for a church family, for, for a group of people to be so unified as we've been through 2018 is, is incredible to me. I mean, in 2018, we saw people saved, we saw people baptized, we saw people discipled. I'm not saying that we saw enough saved, baptized, and discipled. For a group our size, that ought to be much higher. It ought to be, it ought to be that we, we love Christ so much. We are so grateful that we are sharing Him with other people on a much greater scale than we are. Now let's just, once again, let's just be transparent. We, we've got to do better in that area. But, but the blessing is that we saw people saved in 2018. We saw people baptized. We saw people discipled. We saw the end of 2018 come and something that didn't look possible for a lot of 2018 happen. And that is that in our giving, we finished 2018 even a little bit ahead of budget. 
three weeks before the end of the year, you may remember, I told you, we've got to finish strong. We need these last three weeks of offerings to be really good in order to finish on budget. <clears throat> and you responded to that. I mean, there we were at the heart of Christmas, buying Christmas presents. You responded to that, and as a result, we finished several thousand dollars ahead of our giving budget for 2018. I got to tell you something, that that is such a blessing to me. It's such a relief. It takes so much pressure off the leadership of the church, knowing that we're not walking into 2019 behind. And what a blessing. On top of that, 2018, we built a children's building right outside here. Next Sunday. Is it next Sunday? Next Sunday. We're going to have a time of prayer, of dedication of that building, give you an opportunity to walk through and see it. And you're going to be amazed. It's beautiful. It's incredible. Not everything's on the walls yet like we want it to be so that it's, it's kid-friendly. It will be soon. But, but it's a beautiful place that we're going to be able to draw even more kids. And bringing in more kids means that we have an opportunity to teach them about Jesus. It also means that their parents come with them and we get an opportunity to teach them about Jesus. And so we get an opportunity to expand the outreach that God has given to us to share Christ with more and more people. That to me is a blessing. Incredible blessing. It was an incredible blessing right from the start. We voted on this building unanimously. Now, don't pass out. It does happen in Baptist churches. We built, voted to build uh, nearly a million-dollar building unanimously. How incredible is that? How incredible. And then we said, okay, now we've got to get it down to where we can afford it in a budget. And so we, we need to have commitments. People saying they want to give so much over this 2018 period so that we, we are able to afford the, the building. And, and you responded. We estimated, based upon your commitments, that we would have somewhere around $128,000 raised in 2018. To me, that was an incredible thought. We didn't get $128,000. We got over $170,000 given toward the building in 2018. What a blessing. What a blessing. And we would be so unified. So, so together in what God has called us to do. That we would step out and do what seemed impossible. What a blessing. You know, we've got a lot for which to be thankful. God has done so much for us as a church. And I think the more we show gratitude to God, the more God is going to use us. The more He understands that He can... He can expect our gratitude, that we're not snubbing our nose and saying, we deserve that. We don't deserve that. We don't deserve God's goodness. Let's just clear the slate. If you came in here thinking that somehow you, you deserve God's blessings on your life, you might as well wipe that thought out of your mind because it's not true. It's not true. What we deserve is hell. What we've been blessed with is the goodness 
and the kindness of God. And we ought to be thankful. We ought to express that gratitude to everyone who will listen to us. Thank you, God, for your goodness. And you know what? I think the more we express our gratitude, the closer we're going to get to our goals in 2019. So number one, we've got to be kind. Number two, we've got to be thankful. And number three, number three, we've got to be mission-minded. We've got to be mission-minded. As we look at 2018, 2017, we see a problem developing. And I believe that God has greatly blessed our church for the last 55, 56 years because this church has been mission-minded. As a church, we've had a heart for missions. Um, something my dad started, just where every Sunday school class had a missionary that was theirs. To where even the youngest child coming in knew what it was to be part of a missionary's life. Little kids bringing in their mission offering to give so they could support their missionary. And we've grown up generations of people now who are adults who love missions. And yet I tell you, something has happened. Something has happened. Uh, 2016, our church gave in excess of $250,000 to missions. 2017, that dropped off by ten or $12,000. 2018, we gave a little bit over $216,000 to missions. Now, I imagine there's a host of reasons why that has financially dropped off. But I got to tell you, it concerns me as pastor. It, it, it scares me, frankly. Because I know that God blesses us based upon our desire to reach people for Christ. And, and I see that slipping a little bit. Now, quite honestly, I accept full responsibility for it. What that means is I haven't made it a big enough deal for us as a church. I, I've, I've allowed that to kind of slip away on a black back burner. And as a result, it's been kind of out of sight, out of mind. And, and we've kind of lost that consciousness of, of partnering with people to go around the world. And you say, well, is that really that big of a deal? Well, just listen to our theme verse of 2019, Acts 1.8. Jesus said the last thing he tells his disciples before he leaves to go back to heaven. He's died, he's been buried, he's raised back to life. Now he's getting ready to ascend back to heaven. The last thing he gets to tell his disciples is this. Which means, hey, this is something pretty important. I'm not just going to waste this time. I'm going to tell you something that's greatly important. He says, 
You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. You will be my witnesses. I'm leaving you here for a purpose of sharing me with those around the world. Now, is he saying that we've got to go around the world? For some people, he may be saying that. You may feel God drawing you to another part of the world. And that's wonderful. But for the rest of us, the way we accomplish this is through our partnership with missionaries. We partner with people who will do what God has called us to do in other parts of the world. While we do it here, they go somewhere else to do it there. And so as a result of what God has called us to do, and as a result of my understanding that, that this is my failure, this year is going to be different. This year we're going to have a new focus. In, 20, in uh, March of this year, we are going to unveil one of the most aggressive mission plans our church has ever seen. Because we feel it, as, as church leadership, we feel it is vital that we take the message of Jesus Christ around the world. And so what I want from you is I want you, even now, to begin praying. Number one... God, make me mission-minded. Number two, God, make our church mission-minded. And number three, God, when this is unveiled, help us to get on board with it, to take your message of Jesus Christ around the world. When can we stop that? Our theme for the year, until the whole world hears. When the whole world hears... We can back off if we want to a little bit. But until then, we must aggressively share Jesus Christ both here and around the world. So we've got a lot to do this year. We've got to resolve to be kind people that truly show Jesus Christ to others. We've got to resolve to be thankful people that express our gratitude to God in ways that maybe we've overlooked in the past. And we've got to resolve to be mission-minded people who say, until the whole world hears, Jesus Christ will be made known from Miles Strait Baptist Church. So here's the thing about these resolutions and then we're done. I thought about it and I thought, okay, how do we as a church resolve to do something? And the answer is it has to be done initially individually. I have to as an individual resolve to be kind, to be thankful, to be mission-minded. And then as a family we act it out. As a family, then we put that into place, into effect. So now's the individual time. Would you resolve today? And would you pray, God, help me?
to accomplish this task. Would you resolve to be kind, to be thankful, and to be mission-minded?